My name is Alina. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm an addict. I am codependent of addicts, and I uh, I belong to multiple 12-step programs. Michael, thank you very much for asking me to speak. It's actually I've been in OA since 2009, and this is the first time I speak in OA. <laughs> I'm excited and scared. Um, <laughs> Well, I'll start from the beginning. I, um, I grew up in southern Ukraine on Crimea, Crimean Peninsula uh, in a family of functioning uh, happy drunk. <laughs> My dad would get drunk to become like uncoherent to the point of being uncoherent but would be very happy and would sleep it off. And my mom would have raging fits and create scandals on and off and uh, my mom is also a compulsive overeater and they're still together which is amazing to me <laughs> uh, yes and um, I love them and I respect them yeah and um, anyway uh, also uh, my mom's mom my grandmother who has passed away uh, she also was a major compulsive overeater and my mom has a medical degree so when I was growing up I watched my mom uh, she actually gave she cooked and kept healthy food in the house <laughs> amazingly uh, but also ate butter with spoons you know and said that she gained weight because after me especially after giving birth to me um, and when I was little, uh, I visited my grandparents, and my grandma kind of gave me a, a warning. She told me a story. She's like, well, your mom, when she was little, she told me, when I grow up, I'm never going to be as fat as you are. <laughs> and I was, I'm kind of the person that I'll think about something, but I won't say it out loud. So I, I was like kind of a little more diplomatic about things. So I was like thinking, well, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see how it goes, how it will turn out. <laughs> I have full intention not to get fat. Um, so I was actually skinny as a kid. I attended sports school, gymnastics sports school, since I was seven. So I went to two schools. Um, and I gained weight first time when I was 17. I gained like 20 pounds in six months. For my frame, that's a lot. Uh, and when I gain weight, my body becomes disproportionate. So it's not as, and, um, and of course I had, I grew up in shame and self-hate since, since as long as I remember myself. So it's not much as about shape of the body as for me it's a major, major uh, thing to remember the way I relate to myself, the way I perceive myself, the way I talk to myself in my head. Um, so I grew up weight, I, I, I gained weight and uh, the battle has begun. I started dieting and I did very crazy things with food, like I would not eat all day, I would try to fast for two days. <laughs> Then I would, in the middle of the night, I'd make candy and i eat, eat candy, um, things like that. Um, so I would gain weight, 
I would lose it for like three or four months, that I would gain it again and I would be overweight for one and a half years. And eventually uh, the time period when I was overweight was getting longer and longer. And the time period when I, was, I would lose weight was getting shorter and shorter. I, w I did not realize that. Uh, I moved to the United States in my mid-twenties. And again, it was another binge, you know, my binges last through months. I gain weight, I become quite overweight. I hate myself. I actually, I actually forgot to bring the pictures, <laughs> interestingly enough. Um, but what happened, I would gain weight. I looked at my pictures. I actually, my top weight, I don't have a picture of it even. I did not want to be photographed. I hated myself so much for that. Um, so I, and uh, I lived, eventually I moved to Los Angeles. I, um, I came into 12 steps in my early 30s, in 2004. I went to relationship program first, then I went to money and career program second year later. So in 2004, I was in pro uh, two programs. Um, I was working two programs um, and I kept gaining weight. And it came to the point, I, I have a corporate professional career. <laughs> I also attended yoga teacher training and I was, we had the biggest training of that year, 50 people. I've been doing yoga for eight years by that time and the senior teachers who spot people by the way they practice, not by the shape of their body. They noticed, you know, it was obvious that I had years of experience, so they would call me to show, to demonstrate, and I would not, I would refuse to demonstrate postures because I was ashamed of being overweight. Um, so I finished yoga teacher training, and, you know, eventually I kind of, like in my head, I'm still fighting my weight. You know, I'm still trying to control it, to figure out, to control my food. Eventually, I, I also like to keep track of things. I'm a numbers person, so all out through my years, since my 20s, since I started trying to control my weight, I kept, I would once in a while, I would weight myself and I would write it down, the date and the weight. So eventually, I kind of caught up with this thing, like nine years later, <laughs> that uh, I keep gaining weight. I keep gaining weight, I'm not losing it, and it's like there are no periods when I even lose it. It's not happening anymore. So I knew about OA, of course, <laughs> and I did not want to come here. I'm like, the third program? Shoot me now. Like, no, <laughs> no way, <laughs> I don't want to go. Uh, and it's not because, like, I don't want the program, it's because I had full-time job, I had a lot of things going on. It's the time and energy issue. Um, so I would visit the meetings once in a while, and I would get triggered tremendously by people talking about food. I would want to eat, and I would notice that how people drink compulsively water, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But that's all I noticed, and I, and I don't want to come back. Uh, so, and, um, but then I spoke to somebody in the program who I've known for a while, and she said um, that she is a visitor in OA. She's not a resident. 
and she goes every couple of weeks and it helps her and I am the kind of person I am type A personality perfectionistic you know I you know I want to be the good girl the perfect grades everything has to be in order for me to accept it it has to be impeccable perfect up to my standards come up to my high standards so in my head of course being years in recovery I was like you have to go you have to work the steps you have to like visit meetings otherwise it's unacceptable and after having a conversation with her that kind of belief system shifted and I was like maybe possible that I get some kind of help by being a visitor in the program not necessarily a resident um, and for me since that time OA has been a major 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 lesson in learning to let go of perfectionism that that in that this program is teaching me that more than anything uh, and the second thing when I just finally decided to go to OA I would go to one meeting a week sometimes I would go to one meeting every two weeks um, also there was another thing that I realized from the beginning um, we went out for fellowship in another salsa program and I happened to sit next to somebody and I knew this person was in in food program whatever and uh, when we, we went into this cafe and I literally could feel her trying to look at the menu and try and obsessively figure out how, what to order for like 10 minutes like we're having a conversation and this person is in the menu like it's like there's a lot going on in the head there is a lot going on in the head and I kind of note, noted to myself at that time I thought a lot about white knuckle recovery what it is surrender versus white knuckle recovery compliance versus surrender you know when I do things because I'm told to do them but I really don't feel it really I'm not exactly 100% on board with it um, so and the funny thing like I cannot make myself to be on board that's the, the tricky part <laughs> um, so when I came to OA I, uh, I really was very clear I do not want white knuckle recovery I do not want to be in the program for five years and go into the restaurant and spend 10 minutes obsessing what I'm going to order I really didn't want to do that um, yeah and <laughs> so I asked somebody to sponsor me this person looked great and uh, and she didn't ask me nothing about me but she told me that her rules are five meetings a week blah 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 <laughs> in, in an ultimatum form <laughs> and I was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Uh, no uh, no 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 anyway so I had to wait for a sponsor to come it I think I went to meetings maybe four months um, eventually I found a sponsor and her theme was what would be the kind thing for you to do it was not about abstinence it was not about meal plan it was not about red uh, red type of food red flag type of foods it's like she would like throw me off with this question every time because like, I'm like you know I'm, I'm a perfect student give me the plan I'll do the plan and that's how I consider it acceptable and that's what will give me result don't ask me what kind of thing to do <laughs> um, and also funny enough um, this program for me is the last program where I feel I have results like I feel like I have 
like I don't, even though I have results, I feel like I don't have results because my head is still measuring against the perfect standards. But this program also, the program that gave me the most miracles, which is, it's such contradictory thing. You know, I don't want to accept the miracles. You know, I want to accept the things that I muscle through, control through, and kind of can think I did this and this is the results I got. You know, I don't want to accept the fact that, you know, I don't know, I just kept going and the things shifted and there is no logical explanation for it necessarily. I want my logical explanations. I really want that. No. Um, so I, my abstinence became three meals a day, two snacks, and it was not perfect. Sometimes snacks were meals. <laughs> I did not define snacks. I did not want to name red foods because I thought that, well, my foods travel. You know, today it's avocado, tomorrow, well, I don't want to name foods, but anyway, today is this food, tomorrow is this food, the day after tomorrow I binge on something else. So I had to really pay attention to how much I eat. And then in, um, I would say, in the, within the first year I stopped gaining weight. That was my recovery. I just stopped gaining weight. I didn't lose any weight, but I stopped gaining it. Then um, I eventually I figured out, I observed that, um, you know, sugar stuff and mainly chocolate, it's a major mood alterer. And I actually was part of the reason why I was in a way, it's of course the weight, but the main reason was I clearly saw that I eat because I want to pacify my feelings. And when I don't deal with my feelings, it's affecting my career. So I, you know, I eat, I don't feel the pain, so I don't take actions in regards to my realizing my full potential in life, and that's painful. So I really was clear that I need to clean up the food and not go for food in order to cope with my work. After, I think after two or three years, I, I kept not eating sugar Monday through Friday. <laughs> and eventually I was willing to let go of sugar for 30 days. And it happened one week before the Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I was at the Thanksgiving table and everybody's trying to talk me into trying this pie, this pie. And I'm like, no, no. Um, 30 days turned into 60 days, 60 days turned into 90 days, 90 days turned into, I think, six months. Um, eventually, I would go back and try one dish, and I'll be, whoa, this is, this is disgusting. Why would I want to eat it anymore? So it kind of turned out like I kept it. Um, I have two sugar dishes allowance per month now. And uh, also, the way my disease works... Uh, only in this program, I've, I've done it over and over. I try to have very controlled, very clear and clean plan. And once I start trying to control and, um, yeah, pressure myself, there is an internal rebel that comes up and the hell breaks loose. So that's why the sponsor who is asking me what is the kind thing to do was the perfect sponsor for me. Because she made me bypass that whole pattern. I'm going to make it right, I'm going to control, I'm going to whip you into shape and, you know, by using OA tools (laughs) 
and then it's like, well, hell no, you're not going to do that. I'll show you what, what I'm going to do, the, the disease. Um, higher power. I am, I joke that I'm a, on a good day, I'm agnostic on a bad day, and I'm an atheist. <laughs> And, I, you know, I've been in, in programs for many years, so of course I hear these amazing stories. I see amazing people who really connected to higher power. And I wanted that. Very, I wanted that a lot. So, again, going back to compliance versus surrender, I was trying to make myself be that. So I'm just going to do that. I'm going to pray enough myself into believing or having this kind of connection or this kind of attitude and eventually I realized that thank you um, eventually I realized that I cannot make turn myself to have this kind of relationship and attitude that I am agnostic it is what it is <laughs> it might change at some point it might not I uh, also for a long time I was I had I, I lived in a space where I created grudges against higher power because the higher power is not perfect, gets you know, perfectionism. So, like, I would use the things that happened in history in the past, very violent, bad things to humanity, and I would be, look, look, you know, you did this, you know, I don't trust you. <laughs> and, you know, and you mess up. Um, and so, eventually, uh, what have helped me is actually to accept this concept that Everything in the world is constantly changing and growing, and that includes higher power. Higher power is not a static concept. It's not a static thing. It's not even a thing. So I cannot expect world to be perfect. I cannot expect higher power to be perfect. I cannot expect anything to be perfect. And when I expect the perfection, I go into grudges. So, you know, so what am I going to do? So what is it like now? I still go to one meeting a week. I manage now four programs. <laughs> so I go, you know, all compi- combined all together. It could be five to s- it could be five to seven meetings a week. Some of them phone meetings. I um, I work every program that I belong to. I work the steps, including OA, of course. And um, my pattern is I work the steps usually like in pairs programs. I start in one, go up to fourth step, and then I start second one like behind it. That's that's how it works for me. uh, My abstinence is still three meals a day, two snacks. I'm still vague kind of on snacks. I, I got a food sponsor more than a year ago. Very, 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 very happy. It made me to step up my program a lot um, and recently I kind of gave up wheat flour again I, again for me I cannot like wage fights against myself like never again you never again are going to do this the moment I tell that to myself I'm going to rebel so I kind of gave up means I don't, I don't eat it. <laughs> I don't eat it, but I allow myself. If I, you know, if it's ha- what I'm allowing, my, I'm giving myself space. 
if there is a party and something happens, I might have a peace and I'm not going to think that I blow up my recovery. I'm not, you know, I allow myself that freedom. I don't want to be that person at the table obsessing, going around the table for 15 minutes obsessing about it. That's how it works for me and I know that it might be not necessarily the approach. There are some people for whom they need very specific guidelines or clarity and that's how it works for them. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, I guess, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of our Eaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself if being recorded. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Daphne? Uh, good morning, Alina. Uh, thank you so much. So much I didn't know, and I love you for such a long time already. Um, you did talk about your yoga um, experience, and I was wondering if you're uh, if you're still um, utilizing that uh, on a on a very regular basis, so that uh, that might be considered your spiritual practice. And if so, um, how does that align with your program? The question was about my uh, the fact that I practice yoga and my yogic experience. Do you, do I utilize this in the program and how that affects my program? Um, yes, actually, I am very clear in my head that um, I need to do things for my survival and I need to do things for my soul. And I believe doing things for my soul they for me the way I define it something that brings me joy feeling of celebration actually my uh, my overeater mom taught me a very important lesson about enjoying life and being like a child like my mom knows how to be like a child in her age throughout her life and I saw that over and over again she knows how to play and I wanted to be like that. I wanted to know how to play and how to be like a child at any age. Um, so I, yoga, I practice yoga uh, almost daily. Not, I would love to do it daily. I skip sometimes, so I sleep sometimes. I practice yoga and meditation, and I do 12-step prayer and reading. Not every morning. That's my spiritual practice. <laughs> Uh, Hi, I'm Jason. Um, you, you mentioned a, a food sponsor. Mm-hmm. What, what is that? Is it different than a regular sponsor? The question is, is there a difference between food sponsor and regular sponsor? It took me a while to, to find out that fact, too. Uh, as far as I understand, uh, some people separate that. There are some people who do both as a sponsors. They sponsor, they lead you through 12 steps. And the food sponsor is person who you report your food to every day. 
and you choose the way you report it. Either you call on the phone or via email, a text message, or wherever you report with your aid, and they help you with your food plan. So I have a food sponsor, a person who helps me with being honest and accountable for my food on a daily basis. How has this program affected your relationship with your family? Relationship with my with, your family. with my family. Uh, <laughs> it, how this program affected my relationship with my family? I'm the kind of person, at the beginning, when I started 12 Steps, I was throwing 12 Steps into everybody's face. I was, like, so excited. I was cheerleader for 12 Steps. You need this. You need it. You need it. I need it. <laughs> then I kind of cooled off. I'm like, okay, enough, enough. Um, I'm honest that I go into program. I don't tell lectures to my parents. In details, what I do, how I do it. I do mention some some things. Uh, we were laughing. I was visiting my family, and we set to eat. And my dad has been slim all his life. He's the kind of person who gets stressed out, forgets to eat. I mean, <laughs> uh, so my mom and I we inhaled our food in two minutes, and my dad is still like eating one third of a plate. And we all joked about it. That's it affects my relationship because I notice it. My mom now notices this, and we joke about it. That's as far as it goes. <laughs> you had a question, Don? Yeah. Um, you said you were in multiple programs. What do you think are the biggest differences in OA versus the other programs? <laughs> the question is, I'm in multiple programs. What is the big difference between an OA and other programs? <sighs> I think... We go, I think every program we go and the focus is individual for everyone. Even like OA, the focus is food. But for me, it was about food and kind, it happened to be about food, kindness, and perfectionism, and honesty, and clarity. Those seem to be the theme. And other programs, it's still the basis 12 steps. So I still work my grudges, my dishonesty, my selfishness in every program. Uh, but the focus, whatever, if it's relationship program, some people maybe for them, it's, it's very individual, I think, in some ways. Some people learn to create stronger boundaries. Some people learn not to trump over others in other programs. In a career and money programs, some people learn the clarity. Some people learn to realize their full potential a little better. In, you know, AA and, uh, you know, the mothership program, people learn how to be sober from alcohol and drugs on a daily basis and live sane life here and here in addition to not drinking and using drugs. So it's, I think the theme is, can vary for everyone. And people go, I, I, I had to learn out of all people because my recovery was so not black and white. Uh, I had to learn that it's not necessarily about like ultimate Many relationships of food, it's like there are so many gray areas and so many topics that I can recover from. I hope that answers. Thank you. Um, were there certain program tools that helped you move from that, um, you know, good student to surrendering to, you know, being a perfect? Were there certain tools in the program that helped me to move from being a good student to be more balanced? in the program. Um, 
I think the main effect had on me was the relationship with my sponsor and her because I would I can use the program against myself I, my disease can even take the program and turn it against me and my perfectionism especially and that's what I was doing and that's when I came to the program that was my intention not longer to do that and the only thing that uh, the not the only thing I would say the biggest thing was somebody who would on a regular basis remind me of what is the kind thing to do What's, what is not the perfect thing to do or the right thing to do or the thing that I find acceptable to do what is the kind thing to do it totally shifts my thinking into very different dimension that's John <laughs> How do I deal with resentment? I, uh, I also come, my background is that you have to be stoic and you don't show your emotions in public. It was like, my parents did not like teach me that verbally. I, somehow I, I learned it. I don't know even where, not necessarily even, maybe my parents. Um, so I, my intention always been to control my emotions, not to throw fits, not to slam doors, not to, uh, you know, my anger, I kind of, I used to control it. And now what I learned, I first, first at the beginning of recovery, first was like, I still was trying to control my anger. And again, I used the program to support my disease. Because in the program, in, in uh, an epic book, there is like, there is a sentence, we cannot afford anger. And, and I, again, I think it's very individual for everyone. As we come here to learn to be more balanced beings. For somebody who is prone to throwing anger fits, maybe it is, you cannot afford anger. Because when you go angry, you go ballistic. For somebody like me, I had to learn to accept my anger, allow myself to express it in a healthy way. And the biggest thing that helped me also to realize, um, to learn that anger there is given us by nature for a reason, to protect ourselves sometimes. If I go on the street, somebody throws a bucket of dirt in my head, I am going to be angry. <laughs> you know, it's natural. Uh, but what I'm going to do with this, how I'm going to react, those are choices. And um, my practice nowadays with resentment, of course, I do the fourth step. And also, I adopted the practice that helped me tremendously. If I have a situation with somebody that is really, really triggering me emotionally strongly, I sit down and I incorporate in the, in the morning praying for this person, for them to get what I want for myself. And I do that every day for at least 30 days. And if I still feel emotional about it, I do for another 30 days. <laughs> and, you know, I keep going. I keep going, but also it's important, I realize it's very important for me to allow myself to be like, curse out the person, allow myself to feel and think at the beginning, ah, nah, 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 nah. you know, and then allow myself to pray and come to that point. Thank you. In what ways do you uh, let people 
in what ways do I let people help me? I am not the person who, <laughs> like, I, since I was a child, my thing was I'll do it myself. You know, I, I have a lot of pride in that. Uh, and I received a lot of satisfaction and achievement from that, too. So it was really, uh, you know, it pays off in many ways. Um, but I, uh, nowadays, my approach is if I have a situation that, again, is getting me out of balance, out of peace, emotional, tr triggering me emotional, emotionally, I call three people and ask in the program and I ask their point of view. Um, I also I was unemployed for 18 months and I allowed people to give me things, to give me and help me. And that was the biggest lesson in humility, <laughs> in learning to, to accept, to receive. It was very challenging, very humbling, and very, very warm. No. Well, how did you control your reading when you learned athletics? Or, or did you control your reading, or did they control your reading? The question is, how did I control my eating when I was in athletics? I had pattern up to a certain age, the more I worked out, I could lose weight. And then it switched. And it switched approximately in my late 20s where I increased my workout and I increased the amount of weight I gained tremendously. I work out twice a day and I eat maybe three times more. And I cannot even see that. All of a sudden I start craving like rich oily foods which I usually don't crave and it's like it may not look like I eat a lot but I like all of a sudden I consume something much richer <laughs> in my food so um, exercise cannot control food for me I, I realized that you know it stopped helping me a long time ago sounds like you know some of the people you like for a very long time have you ended up 12 stepping people because they've seen your success with some people I know for a long time have I ended up 12 stepping people uh, because they saw my success. Um, I mentioned to a friend of mine who is here in the program about this program for a few times. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, you know, we both was, were like, kind of like, you know, when you're ready, you decide to do it. Five more minutes, uh, do it. I, yeah, I, I think... I cannot say that there were many people, not really, like a lot of people who I know, um, they're in 12 steps. I don't hide my 12 steps. I, I tell you <laughs> what programs I am if you ask. And I do, yeah, it happened that some people were in another program and eventually they joined a couple of other programs. They were hanging out with me, I would mention things. And there were some situations where I would mention about food and some people just pick up certain wisdom from OA, they don't necessarily go to OA, but they pick up my approach in certain things or certain attitudes and they call me, oh, I did this today, da 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 da. I'm like, okay. So your higher power is similar to my higher power. How do you consider your higher power to be rational? How do you consider my higher power keeping me abstinent? Excellent question, thank you. 
how do I consider my higher power keeping me abstinent? I mentioned that this is a program I feel the least amount of success and recovery, but the most miracles. Uh, I wanted to mention those things. Uh, at my work, when I started away, we had a bowl of candy. There was no day when I could not pass by not digging into it. And also about podcasts. When I started coming to OA, one meeting a week, one meeting every two weeks, I downloaded like 40 podcasts. And I listened to them every day. And out of all those 40, by now, I know them by heart. <laughs> I can recite people's shares. Uh, so after a certain amount of time, one day, I stopped digging into the bowl. Uh, after a certain amount of time, one day, I became willing to quit sugar before Thanksgiving. I cannot specifically say that I did this step and this step and I did this. No, there is no specific thing. Somehow the tip of the scale tipped. I don't know how, like I have no rational, logical explanation. I, I, my biggest challenge was binge at night. My dinners were huge. Isolation, huge dinners was a huge issue. I don't even know how many months ago that has shifted. And I try to remember these things when I work other programs that actually, because in other programs I don't have that very specific tangible experience where like there is a very descriptive, very specific thing that shifted in my being and my behavior that I've done since I, since I, as long as I remember myself. That's how my power, power keeps me absent. Thank you very much. How have your relationships changed with your peers or your work peers, your friends, uh, since you've been in program? Have, you noticed, have they noticed a difference? Have you noticed a difference? How do you feel about them now? How my relationships have changed since I've been in a program with my peers, my co-workers? One of the biggest things that I, I, before I came into program, I was coming with a point, like I was controlling my emotions and it was what was happening. My jaw was so tight, I was getting locked jaw. And I was getting to the point my muscles of my face were hurting. And what would help in the past, I would go on vacation for two weeks and it would release it. And it came to the point even going on vacation would not change that. That was before the program. So, of course, I was overweight and stressed. And, like, and so what happened was uh, some people who knew me, and I had a friend who moved to San Francisco, I came to 12 steps, I worked the programs, I was in programs, I think, a certain amount of years, and she came, and she saw me, and she was blown away. Like, I didn't even have to behave or say nothing, because she said that I look like a different human being. Of course, this was gone completely. You know, my, my, my face is different now, how I feel. And the relationships in general, I think, they're much more honest and frank with everyone. And I tend to forget, I tend to give credit to people like, like I had this amazing conversation with my boss and we were honest about this. And then I like rewind, 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 wait a second. I have this amazing conversation with my boss because I set up some foundation. I came up honest and frank to begin with. And he responded in return with honesty and frankness to me and kindness. And that's amazing. Yeah, that's...